Chapter Thirty One of Characters of Shakespeare's Plays by William Hazlitt. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Measure for Measure. This is a play as full of genius as it is of wisdom. Yet there is an original sin in the nature of the subject which prevents us from taking a cordial interest in it. The height of moral argument which the author has maintained in the intervals of passion or blended with the more powerful impulses of nature is hardly surpassed in any of his plays but there is in general a want of passion the affections are at a stand our sympathies are repulsed and defeated in all directions the only passion which influences the story is that of angelo and yet he seems to have a much greater passion for hypocrisy than for his mistress neither are we greatly enamoured of isabella's rigid chastity though she could not act otherwise than she did we do not feel the same confidence in the virtue that is sublimely good at another's expense as if it had been out to some less disinterested trial as to the duke who makes a very imposing and mysterious stage character he is more absorbed in his own plots and gravity than anxious for the welfare of the state more tenacious of his own character than attentive to the feelings and apprehensions of others claudio is the only person who feels naturally and yet he is placed in circumstances of distress which almost preclude the wish for his deliverance mariana is also in love with angelo whom we hate in this respect there may be said to be a general system of cross-purposes between the feelings of the different characters and the sympathy of the reader or the audience this principle of repugnance seems to have reached its height in the character of master barnardine who not only sets at defiance the opinions of others but has even thrown off all self-regard one that apprehends death no more dreadfully but as a drunken sleep careless reckless and fearless of what's past present and to come unquote. he is a fine antithesis to the morality and hypocrisy of the other characters of the play barnardine is caliban transported from prospero's wizard island to the forests of bohemia or the prisons of vienna he is the creature of bad habits as caliban is of gross instincts he has however a strong notion of the natural fitness of things according to his own sensations quote, he has been drinking hard all night and he will not be hanged that day unquote. and shakespeare has let him off at last we do not understand why the philosophical german critic schlegel should be so severe on these pleasant persons lucio pompey and master froth as to call them wretches they appear almighty comfortable in their occupations and determined to pursue them as the flesh and fortune should serve a very good exposure of the want of self-knowledge and contempt for others which is so common in the world is put into the mouth of abhorson the jailer when the provost proposes to associate pompey with him in his office abad sir fie upon him he will discredit our mystery unquote. and the same answer would serve in nine instances out of ten to the same kind of a remark go to sir you weigh equally a feather will turn the scale shakespeare was in one sense the least moral of all writers for morality commonly so called is made up of antipathies and his talent consisted of sympathy with human nature in all its shapes degrees depressions and elevations the object of the pedantic moralist is to find out the bad in everything his was to show that 
there is some soul of goodness in things evil even master barnardine is not left to the mercy of what others think of him but when he comes in speaks for himself and pleads his own cause as well as if counsel had been assigned him in one sense shakespeare was no moralist at all in another he was the greatest of all moralists he was a moralist in the same sense in which nature is one he taught what he had learned from her he showed the greatest knowledge of humanity with the greatest fellow feeling for it one of the most dramatic passages in the present play is the interview between claudio and his sister when she comes to inform him of the conditions on which angelo will spare his life claudio let me know the point isabella oh i do fear thee claudio and i quake lest thou a feverous life shouldst entertain and six or seven winters more respect than a perpetual honour darest thou die the sense of death is most in apprehension and the poor beetle that we tread upon in corporal sufferance finds a pang as great as when a giant dies why give you me this shame think you i can a resolution fetch from flowery tenderness if i must die i will encounter darkness as a bride and hug it mine arms there spake my brother there my father's grave did utter forth a voice yes thou must die thou art too noble to conserve a life in base appliances this outward sainted deputy whose settled visage and deliberate word nips youth in the head and follies doth in mew as falcon doth a fowl is yet a devil the princely angelo oh tis the cunning livery of hell the damnedest body to invest in cover and princely guards dost thou think claudio if i would yield him my virginity thou mightst be freed oh heavens it cannot be yes he would give it thee for this rank offence so to offend him still this night's the time that i should do what i abhor to name or else thou diest to-morrow thou shalt not do it oh were it but my life i'd throw it down for your deliverance as frankly as a pin thanks dear isabel be ready claudio for your death to-morrow yes has he affections in him that thus can make him bite the law by the nose when he would force it sure it is no sin or the deadly seven it is the least which is the least if it were damnable he being so wise why would he for the momentary trick be perjurably fined oh isabel what says my brother death is a fearful thing and shame at life a hateful ay but to die and go we know not where to lie in cold obstruction and to rot this sensible warm motion to become a kneaded clod and the delighted spirit to bathe in fiery floods or to reside in thrilling regions of thick ribbed ice to be imprisoned in the viewless winds blown with restless violence round about the pendant world or to be worse than worse of those that lawless and incertain thoughts imagined howling tis too horrible the weariest and most loathed worldly life that age ache 
penury and imprisonment can lay on nature as a paradise to what we fear of death alas alas sweet sister let me live what sin you do to save a brother's life nature dispenses with a deed so far that it becomes a virtue what adds to the dramatic beauty of this scene and the effect of claudio's passionate attachment to life is that it immediately follows the duke's lecture to him on the character of the friar recommending an absolute indifference to it reason thus with life if i do lose thee i do lose a thing that none but fools would keep a breath thou art servile to all the skyey influences that do this habitation where thou keep'st hourly afflict merely thou art death's fool for him thou labourest by thy flight to shun and yet runs toward him still thou art not noble for all the accommodations that thou bearest are nursed by baseness thou art by no means valiant for thou dost fear the soft and tender fork of a poor worm thy best of rest is sleep and that thou oft provokest yet grossly fearest thy death which is no more thou art not thyself for thou exists on many a thousand grains that issue out of dust happy thou art not for what thou hast not still thou strivest to get and what thou hast forgetst thou art not certain for thy complexion shifts to strange effects after the moon if thou art rich thou art poor for like an ass whose back with ingots bows thou bearest thy heavy riches but a journey and death unloads thee friend thou hast none for thy own bowels which do call thee sire the mere effusion of thy proper loins do curse the gout serpigo and the room for ending thee no sooner thou hast nor youth nor age but as it were an after-dinner sleep dreaming on both for all thy blessed youth becomes as aged and doth beg the alms of palsied eld and when thou art old and rich thou hast neither heat affection limb nor beauty to make thy riches pleasant what's yet in this that bears the name of life yet in this life i hid more thousand deaths yet death we fear that makes these odds all even end of measure for measure